0: Hey, I'm Amy from Rebel Nutrition, and you're listening to Wealthy, Worthy, and Wild, a podcast focused on helping you live your most abundant life, whatever that means to you. From money, to entrepreneurship, to manifestation, to wellness and beauty hacks, to the occasional Real Housewives reference, if you're ready to start becoming your next-level self, the future version of you who's doing, being, and attracting everything you desire and having fun while you do it You are in the right place and it's time to start showing up as this version of you right now. Let's get into the show. Oh my gosh, you guys episode 100 i honestly cannot believe it i cannot believe there has been a hundred episodes of wealthy worthy and wild and although i can't say i was super consistent throughout the past three years (laughs) i took definitely some multiple month long breaks when i needed to i am just so happy and proud of myself to get to 100 episodes and i'm so grateful for everybody who has listened especially from the beginning um i know that you know, the sound has not always been perfect. I have sometimes recorded from like apartments when I've been traveling. Um, If you listen to my episodes during the pandemic, I randomly moved to Hawaii for a couple of months. So we have just kind of been all over the place, but you know what, I have always, Stay true to recording when it feels authentic to me and when I feel energized to do it, and then I take breaks when I don't. So I know that's probably not you know the podcasting advice that a lot of people <laughs> would give, but it's what I do, and I'm just so grateful to have you here. So I figured for the 100th episode, I should do a little Q and A answering your guys's questions from Instagram. So that's what we're gonna do today. But before I get into um, all of the really juicy questions that you asked me i'm going to give you a recap on like literally one of the best weekends of my entire life that recently happened (laughs) if you guys follow me on instagram you probably saw that i went to the second night of the taylor swift eras tour in uh phoenix arizona i flew into scottsdale i have some friends there um stayed there for the weekend and it was just so much fun if anybody is a swifty out there listening to this i definitely am i'm obsessed with her i've been obsessed with her since her very first album i know every single one of her songs and it was like a lifelong dream of mine to go to her concert and it was everything i imagined it would be and more had the best time ever um our seats were on the floor so we were actually pretty close to her, but I will say it was kind of hard to see because I'm pretty short and being on the floor, um, it it was kind of difficult. So I don't know if people are still trying to get tickets. I know I think they're pretty much sold out everywhere, but if you're trying to get like resale tickets, try and get something a little higher up, honestly, because it was a little bit difficult to see her. But other than that, I mean, the, the concert was absolutely amazing. Scottsdale was beautiful. I had the best time. And I'm just gonna throw this out there in case anybody is trying to get rid of their Taylor Swift tickets to another concert of hers this summer. (laughs) I absolutely would go again. So if you're looking for a friend to come with you um, or you just wanna get rid of your tickets, I know they're like sold out everywhere, but I would, go multiple more times especially if it's at the la show because that's near me so um if you are going to the eras tour this summer i am so excited for you you're gonna have the best best time ever um okay and now i guess we can just get into the i a i'm honestly like sometimes i do the q a box and i hope that i'll get some like juicy personal questions but i think this is my own fault because i really focus so much of my content around online courses that most of the questions are around money and online courses but i tried to throw in a couple other like fun personal ones in there as well so on that note let's start with question number one which is Are you moving? So if you've been following my new home buyer journey, I've been a little bit quiet about showing like a house tour, really talking about anything related to buying a new house. And the reason being is that, (laughs) okay, I'm just gonna give you guys the whole recap here. This is like the inside scoop. So basically we had signed the papers, purchased the house, everything was final. We come to do the last walkthrough where they like give you the keys and tell you everything about the house before you move in. And for the first time ever, I noticed that there was extremely loud airplane noise. And it wasn't just one airplane, you guys. It was like every couple of minutes, a really loud airplane and not just outside. Like even when we were inside, I could hear them as well. And I thought to myself, holy fuck, like did I not check to see if we were in a flight path before buying this house. Um, and I didn't because every other time we had been there, I, I had never noticed them, which is crazy. So I mean, at that point, what are you gonna do? You know, like the house is already purchased, we're homeowners, we own this house, like what are we gonna do? So Eric and I both tried to stay really positive. We're like, you know what? I'm sure we'll get used to it. I'm sure, you know, once we get a bunch of furniture, it'll be muffled and we'll be distracted and like, I don't know, we'll get, we'll get used to it, it's no big deal. And six months later, I can confidently say that we have tried everything and are still not used to waking up in the morning in a jarring way to airplane noise. I mean, I think I'm sure there are people out there who are, you know, not phased by noises or maybe who aren't as sensitive. I am a highly sensitive person, and so is Eric. Um, To sounds, to fabrics, to tags in my shirt, to people around me, like to different energies, to different foods. Like I'm just a very highly sensitive person, and sound is probably the most the thing that I'm most sensitive to. So, especially with what I do as a job, you know, like podcasting, I'm recording videos all the time. Sound is just a big a big problem. I also, you know, and I, I I think I've hesitated i'm wondering if you guys can hear the the plane that's flying by right now (laughs) i can see it out my window oh my god i wish i had a video okay going off on a tangent amy i think i've hesitated a little bit in talking about this because i I feel so grateful and so lucky that I bought this beautiful house in LA that was like my dream home, you know what I mean? And I was so excited about that, and so I don't want it to come off as negative or like I'm complaining, but unfortunately with something like that, like you know, you're know, you unable to fall asleep at night, You're you wake up first thing to a jarring airplane sound. It can really affect not only your sleep, but your mental health. I mean, Eric and I both not sleeping well for six months. I mean, it's definitely taken a toll on us energetically. Um, So all of that to say, all of that to answer your question that yes, we are moving. We're in the process of trying to sell our house right now. So um, fingers crossed for that. And then we, once that gets sold, we are going to be uh, looking for something else. We're not like looking that seriously yet because I just don't know the market has been changing a lot and I don't know how long it's going to take for this house to sell. I'm hoping it's quickly, but um, we just don't ever know so i i don't re- really want to we're actually living in it still as we're doing like open houses and showings which again a little bit stressful and not the most conducive to my working environment but i figured we would try that first rather than like trying to buy another house before before we sell this one so i will definitely keep you guys updated and let you know where we move hopefully it's nice and peaceful <laughs> it's still going to be in LA i i love california i honestly can't imagine myself permanently living anywhere other than California because I love it. So, I'm sure as we start, you know, looking for another n- another house, I'm going to take you guys on the journey with me again and just, you know, take this as a learning lesson. If you are about to buy a house and you're somebody who's sensitive to noise, definitely like Spend a lot of time at the house without any music on, without talking to anybody, um, without any water features going that might be trying to distract you from what's happening outside, um, just to make sure you get a real feel for, like, the sound around the house before you buy it. (laughs) That's my PSA to all new homeowners. Okay. Next question, where did you and Eric grow up? Are you native Californians? Um, So Eric and I are actually both from the Midwest, which is kind of funny and also makes sense now why. I feel like we got married so early. I think that's like such a normalized thing when you're from the Midwest, but then we get out to California and people are like, oh, you guys have been married for 10 years? Like, how is that possible? Eric is from South Dakota and I am from Colorado. And we met when I was going to college in Colorado. So that's where we grew up. I kind of grew up all over the place though. I mean, I lived in Colorado mostly, but I also lived in Hawaii for a couple years with my family growing up. And I was born in California. So, I mean, I guess technically I'm a native Californian. I was born in Newport Beach, but I only lived here until I was like two. Um, and then we moved to Colorado, so. Okay, next question, are you still into nutrition? What diet do you follow? I actually weirdly love when people ask me nutrition questions, I think because, I mean, obviously I started my business as a nutritionist, so there is a part of me that still is really interested in nutrition and wellness, and I'm like kind of thinking about incorporating that into my YouTube channel a little bit more, like day, day in the life, what I eat in a day type of things, because um, I definitely wouldn't say that I Am strict about any sort of any certain diet by any means. I'm really not, you know, super down a lot of rabbit holes about like the science behind it. I but I just still find it interesting, and I love anything wellnessy. Um, so yes, I'm still into it. I don't follow any certain diet. Um, I was vegan for about three years, like pretty strictly vegan, and in the last like year or two, I've definitely eased up on that a lot. So now I sometimes eat dairy Um, you guys know i love croissants so i eat those like multiple times a week and those obviously have dairy in them um, sometimes I eat meat. Like last week I ate steak like three times <laughs> because I was about to get my period and I think I was just really craving it. So I kind of just eat whatever I feel like now. Um, but I would say that like majority of the time, I still just prefer to eat like mostly plant-based. That's just kinda, kind of what I'm into with a with a sprinkle of steak here and there. Steak and croissants every now and then, you know? Um, just whatever my body wants. Okay, next question. How to make the algorithm fall in love with you? Tips on gaining Followers organically? Okay, great question. I know a lot of people are struggling with audience growth and engagement right now on Instagram. So I'm going to just tell you what I have done, which is kind of crazy over the past like four months. I think I've grown almost 50,000 followers on Instagram. And I haven't really had any like specific strategy to be honest. I know there's so many like Instagram gurus who are telling you you need to do this and that and this and that. And it's like, number one, be consistent. Number two, not just consistent but like figure out your niche your thing like teach people something be known for something you know like think about the things that are working really well or that have worked well in the past for you even if you like let's say you have posted hundreds of videos and only one of them has gone viral pay attention to what that topic was the way that you you were talking, was it a trend, was it original content, were you teaching something, Like, what was it? Because you can probably glean a lot of information about that in terms of what to do going forward that's going to reach more people. And of course, if you haven't ever had anything that's gone viral before, also don't worry. The worst thing you can do is wait until you know what your niche is or know what your topic is before you start posting. Like, Literally just start posting things that you're interested in Things that you would find helpful. Think about who you were a couple years ago and like the types of things that you wanted to learn about or you wanted to know or that you would find entertaining or funny or that you would save or share. Like start creating for that person. Start creating for that version of you. And I swear that that is going to really help guide a lot of your content and give you a lot of really good ideas. And then, of course, just like have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. Um, I know I just said I was gonna tell you what I've been doing the past couple of months. So literally what I've been doing is me and I had my assistant help me with this, like go way back into the vault of old Reels, like around the time that Reels just started becoming popular um, and download those from Instagram, remove the watermark and then share them with me in a shared album that we have. And then I just have been repurposing old videos that did well, because I mean, those were like two years ago that those were first posted. So if they did well, then um, a lot of them, like most people have forgotten about, or maybe they didn't see them the first time around. So I've been like working smarter and a lot less hard (laughs) by repurposing old videos. And that's great. I mean, I've been reposting those like two to three times a week, which means I only need to make like one to two new pieces of content per week, which makes my job a lot easier. And it's really worked. Like I've been growing a lot of in followers, which is crazy um, and super awesome. So you can definitely try that if you have old videos that did well. Um, another thing that I've been really specific about making sure to do as well is at the end of any reel where I'm like teaching something, I have a call to action. So not just text on the screen that says, you know, follow me at Rebel Nutrition, but like I will literally say in the video, be sure to follow me at Rebel Nutrition for more online business tips. So whatever your thing is, whatever your niche is, maybe you're like a gut health expert, say at the end of your reels, follow me for more, acid reflux tips or whatever, like whatever whatever your niche is. Because um, giving people a call to action, if somebody liked your video, give them something else to do, give them a next step. I think that's really huge and it really does make a difference. Okay, what holiday or time of year do you make the most sales, Black Friday or Cyber Monday? So usually, so as you guys know, Consistently over the past two, two and a half years since I've been, you know, running my passive income funnel that sells my online courses, I've been hitting consistently 100k to up to 500k months um, from that passive funnel, but There are certain times when I have even bigger spike like up to 650K in one month and during those big spikes are usually when I'm doing some sort of promotion. So um, the one that I did when I hit 650K was just a random sale that I did like in the middle of May. I just did a a big bundle sale, Um, I had some bonuses and I just told people like, okay, you have the next couple of days to enroll in this price and then after that price goes up. Um, So that was huge. Any sort of like live launching promotion like that is usually a really good way to get a bunch of sales at once. And obviously I teach that method inside of Online Course Academy. Um, And then also, yeah, I usually do something around Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It's also my birthday, like right on that weekend. So I usually do something, some sort of promo then as well um, that has a really, really big spike as well. So I love the combination of both. I love having passive income All throughout the month, no matter what I'm doing, no matter if I'm traveling, whether I'm launching or not, because that really gives me a sense of stability. I like seeing sales come in every single day. It makes me feel like, okay, you know, even if I don't have the biggest month ever this month, at least I have that consistency um, of knowing that my business is still growing and flowing. And then occasionally, you know, like two times a year or so, it's really nice to do a big promotion and get like a huge influx all at once, you know? Um, And I do, like I said, I teach both of these methods inside the Online Course Academy bundle. Where do you host your webinar for passive income? Okay, so I teach my entire webinar strategy and passive income strategy inside of the OCA bundle as well, but um, I, I actually have two webinars that I host in two different places and I'll explain why. So I have one webinar that I host on lead pages. That is an option that I teach in Passive Income Academy that is a lot simpler. So basically, if I want to send somebody to my webinar and for them to be able to watch immediately then I will send them there. They basically enter their email and then on the next page they can start watching the webinar video. Then I have another webinar option which is the one that I promote more often which is a lot more in depth so it again is all automated but what the difference is and this this one is hosted on um Ever Webinar is I send them the link to sign up and the sign up page actually will list a couple different times like time slots when the webinar is playing. So they can choose, you know, do I wanna watch it tonight at 6 p.m. or do I wanna watch it ne- tomorrow morning at 10 a.m.? They'll have a couple different time slots. And that also works really well because, you know, sometimes people aren't ready to watch right now. They need to like carve out 45 minutes of their day to watch that. Um, so that's another option. I really like Ever Webinar too because. It just gives more of the appearance of a live webinar in the sense that like you can chat with other people that are watching at the same time. Um, You can do like a product offer. So at the end, if you watch until like the 40 minute mark or something, you'll see the option to enroll in OCA kind of pop up and you can click on it. So again, I teach both of those and how to set them up, um, and the pros and cons of like each one depending on like your level of tech savviness. I teach both of those inside the OCA passive income bundle. Okay, um, and if you guys want more info on that, there's tons. Like you can click the link in my bio on Instagram. You can look in the show notes to this episode. I talk about it all the time. It's everywhere. You can also DM me <laughs> if you can't find the link. Okay. Uh, next question is Instagram growth and reviving an old account. I get this question a lot. Like okay, you know, I haven't posted in a long time. What do I need to do to revive my account? Should I just start a new account? I feel like, okay, if it were me, and let's say I had an old account that had a couple thousand or a couple hundred followers on it, but nobody had, I hadn't really been active on it in a long time. I honestly like would not start from scratch. I think that that's setting yourself back. If you already have a couple hundred or a couple thousand or whatever followers on an old account, that's okay. Once you start posting again, those people are going to start seeing what you're posting. So, and if they decide they're not interested anymore, then they can leave. Like that's totally fine, but you don't need to start at zero again. That's that's my personal opinion. I think that makes it more work for yourself. Um, then why not re-engage and re-leverage the people that are already there? Because honestly, probably 50% of them at least are still going to be interested in what you're talking about even if you change topics just because they're interested in you. I think that's the thing is sometimes we think, oh well if I'm switching from you know nutrition to beauty, what if all these people unfollow me? It's like you have to realize that most people that are following you for nutrition or whatever your original topic was, They're interested in it mostly because of you and the nutrition is the icing on the cake. So even if you pivot, even if you change topics, most people are still going to stay around. So just start being consistent, start posting about the new topic or whatever you wanna talk about, create a a strategy of like, okay, I'm gonna be posting five reels a week for the next month and see how it goes. Um, Okay, how do you emotionally get through the hard times in your business, especially at the start? Such a good question. I think it's funny because I recently did a TikTok about this topic, about just talking about how like, there are times in my business when I will literally cry every day. And I, I feel like I can say that here. I don't really talk about that on Instagram because again, it's not like, It's not like the most marketable to be showing up on (laughs) stories every day and being like, well, I cried all morning because I was really frustrated. But the truth is like any business owner, especially if you are a solo business owner or you're somebody who is starting out and trying to wear 100 hats and do everything yourself is that it is a lot. So if you're feeling like that right now, like it's completely overwhelming and you don't know if you can handle it, just know that like you can. And it's normal and I have been there and I think every business owner has been there and it gets better. I think, especially if you're somebody who like has a lot of emotional ups and downs, I blame it on my <laughs> I blame it on my human design, okay. Um, is that you know there are highs and lows and with business there are good times and there are stressful times and every hard time is an opportunity for you to get better. Um, and it, it does get easier. So how I emotionally get through it. Well, I listen to what I need. So for example, if I'm feeling just like completely overwhelmed and tired, then I will let myself take a nap or take a rest that day. If I'm feeling like I really need help and I need somebody to help me, then I will start looking for another person to add to my team. So I think really being gentle with yourself, listening to what you need, taking rest when you need it. Uh, I heard this quote the other day that I absolutely loved, and it was something like, the harder you are on things the faster they will wear out meaning like the harder you are on your business the harder you are on yourself yet it might you know burn bright and work really well at the beginning but it's gonna burn out quickly too so just Take it slow, be gentle with yourself and think about your business in terms of longevity. Like if you try and just kill yourself right now to make everything perfect, you're probably going to burn out quickly and your business is not going to be sustainable. So, you know, self care, treat yourself, (laughs) take naps, go to bed early, do what you need to do, hire the people that you need to help and just know that growing slowly is okay. You don't have to compare your step-by-step slow growth to somebody else's seemingly overnight success because the truth is like nobody has an overnight success. So even if it looks like they do, you probably haven't seen the years and years of stress and mental breakdowns and emotional ups and downs that they have gone through to get to there. So just have that realistic look whenever you are you know, on social media. Okay. Next question. How did you, oh, sorry. Did you have to do nervous system expansion as your business grew? Okay. I put this question in here specifically because I have to be fully honest. I don't know if I know what that means exactly, but (laughs) I think the answer is yes, because I'm thinking about it. This is so, it's so crazy now that I know so much more about like chronic pain. So those of you who have followed me for a while, about two years ago, I started having like chronic debilitating back pain, like to the point where I could not sleep at all at night unless I took some sort of painkiller. So I tried to like not um, take that if I could, because I mean, I just didn't wanna be taking like Advil or something stronger every single night. So most nights I just wouldn't sleep um I'm very stubborn in that way. <laughs> and sometimes it would get so bad that I just had to, otherwise I wouldn't be able to function the next day. But I mean that was almost a year and a half long process. Um I still deal with it occasionally now. But as I, you know, went through hundreds, <laughs> felt like hundreds of doctors and, you know, therapeutic ways of trying to heal my back pain, I learned more about like the nervous system and how the nervous system is in your spine and how a lot of people who have chronic back pain that's unexplained and you can't find the answer to it have um, some sort of like nervous system dysregulation, um, and so I 100% think that my nervous system nervous system dysregulation was causing my back pain because the only thing that helped my back pain get better is when I started to like seriously de stress, rest more go to the acupuncturist, get weekly, sometimes twice weekly massages, um, and just overall try and not stress so much about my business. Um, And simultaneously, as I was doing that kind of like nervous system, I don't know, reprogramming, relaxing, whatever you wanna call it, I was also starting to have my biggest revenue months ever, which is kind of crazy because logically I'm thinking, okay, if I rest and don't stress and stop working as much, of course my sales are gonna go down, right? But like the opposite happened. So it's a really good reminder for me of like, sometimes you, like it's your state of being that really controls your outcome in the sense of like how much money that you're you're making or how well your business is doing a lot more of it is energetic than you might think. Um so going back to this question, did you have to do nervous system expansion as your biz gr- business grew? I don't I don't know if that would be considered nervous system expansion, but oh another another modality that I think really helped my back pain was going to therapy as well. So to answer that question, I think I think that yes, all of those things like Really, I think if I had continued to try and do what I was doing and the way that I was working pre back pain, I don't think I would be nearly as successful in terms of like money or profitability as I am now because I was trying to like force things and hustle and work so hard and like not take care of my body and grind myself into the ground. And as soon as I relaxed off of that and started focusing on like myself and my mental health and my nervous system and my body, my business grew. So I don't know if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. Hopefully that resonates with somebody. But if you're dealing with chronic pain right now, I totally have so much empathy for you. Um, what else can I tell you? The There's a Instagram account. Actually, she has a podcast too. Her name is Nicole Sachs i think um she has a podcast called the cure for chronic pain um so i definitely would check out her podcast it is very insightful and if you're somebody who's tried like everything for chronic pain and you haven't gotten any answers you've done like all the x-rays all the mris all of the weird woo woo things and nobody can give you an answer um definitely check out her podcast i hope that it's as helpful for you as it was for me Okay, if you could start your business over, what would you do differently? People ask me this question all the time and it's so hard because I'm like I I the good and the bad has gotten me to where I am right now, so I don't know if I would change anything. I've learned so many so many things by doing taking action the wrong way in so many ways, in so many times, so many examples has actually been so insightful to me. Um, that and gotten me to where I am today, I think the best way to learn is to take action and learn by doing and do it wrong and then adjust in the future. But I guess if I if I had to do something differently from the beginning, the only thing I think I would change, and again, I wouldn't have known this unless I did things wrong, so I can't really say I'd go back and change it, but if I could give advice to you, <laughs> who's somebody who's starting their business, something that really worked for me is when I I, if you guys know, I made like eight different online courses when I was first starting out, and I learned so much. I mean, I literally became an online course expert by doing that, so I would not take it back. However, in terms of profitability, focusing on one core offer rather than trying to launch eight different things in a variety of different topics, definitely streamlined my focus. It helped me grow my audience, grow my email list, grow my sales. And I actually became known for something when I focused on one offer being OCA. Um, So if that's you, if you're kind of wondering like, should I launch multiple things? Should I launch one thing? You know, everybody's on their own journey. I can't really tell you what to do because you never know like where those potentially wrong quote unquote, wrong mistakes are going to lead you. But if you're down to do either one, you just wanna know what the quickest way to be successful is, I mean, I would say probably, most likely that focusing on one and being really crystal clear on who you help and what you offer is gonna get you there the fastest. Okay, next question. I'm feeling like making a course should be saved for true experts. What are your thoughts on this? So I think this is a great question. And I think so many people like struggle, struggle with imposter syndrome. Like, do I know enough to teach on this topic? So my thought on this is, you know, a true expert, what is a true expert? I'm, I'm asking you to think about this question. What is a true expert? Cause I think when we think what, you know, only the only people that should make courses are true experts. When I think of a quote unquote true expert, I think of somebody who has maybe been like on Oprah or somebody who has kind of like that public persona or notoriety or has had publicity, but those aren't the only people who are super knowledgeable. That's basically just somebody cherry picking a random person. Like let's use Dr. Oz, for example. Like he got super expert level status because he was on Oprah as a doctor, but there are hundreds of thousands well maybe not hundreds of thousands thousands of other doctors around the world that are probably equally as knowledgeable of, as him he just happened to get that expert status via publicity so i think just because you don't have quote unquote expert level status does not mean that you don't know enough to create a course so what i would what i would ask you is if you're wondering like do i have enough do i have enough information do i have enough expertise to create a course is do you know enough right now to help somebody else get to where they want to be? So you don't need to be the world's leading expert on a topic to help somebody else achieve a specific goal. As long as you are a couple steps ahead of the person that you are trying to help, you can still help them, even if you aren't, you know, (laughs) like the world's leading expert on a topic. So to give you a specific example of this, when I first created Online Course Academy, there were other people teaching online courses that were way more quote unquote expert level status than me. One of them being Amy Porterfield. Like she was already very well established teaching people how to create online courses when I started. And so of course, when I was, you know, having the idea to create OCA, I was kind of like, I don't know, like she's already doing it so well. And like, why would somebody listen to me if they could just buy her course? But I, I kind of, I kept, pushing through the idea of thinking, well, she doesn't have the experience that I have as coming from somebody who is kind of in the holistic nutrition world. And maybe maybe I can reach these people who are in the wellness and nutrition industry and help them create courses because that's what I did. And she also, we have completely different teaching styles as well. Like if you're familiar with Amy Porterfield, she's very polished. Um, She's very like on her podcast, like very scripted. Whereas I kind of just like, (laughs) I mean, you know that this is not scripted. You know what I mean? Like I'm just telling you exactly what's coming from my brain right now. I don't have anybody else helping with it, helping me with it um, in terms of the content. I'm just like speaking from my brain. And I think neither one of those is right or wrong. It's just a different style. She's going to speak with, or she's going to speak to some people who maybe appreciate and like that more kind of polished, structured way of teaching. And then I'm probably going to speak to people who like the more raw and like off the cuff way of teaching. So Whatever you have, whatever your personal story is, whatever your teaching style is, whatever your personality is, all of those things are the reason why somebody would want to work with you over somebody else who has maybe been in the field longer, been in the industry longer, have more expert level status, have more publicity, whatever it is everybody is unique and special in their own way. And that like sounds so cheesy, but it really, really does matter. Like the more you, you can be in your content, um, the more people are going to be attracted to that. Or, I mean, the more maybe they're gonna be turned off by that, but that's good. You, You want to be polarizing in the sense that like, the people who love you really love you. And then the people who aren't into you go find somebody else's course to enroll in. So I hope that answers your question. So about six years ago, I was living as a minimalist in a tiny house, thousands of dollars in debt, never spending a dime on anything non-essential. And I just started to have this feeling like, I want more than this. I want freedom to make my own schedule, to travel the world, to take bougie vacations and not limit myself to the cheapest food item on every menu anymore. Most importantly, I wanted to make an impact and help tons of people all over the world without hustling or working myself into the ground. Maybe some of you listening can relate to this. I just knew that there had to be a way to make passive, scalable income while I was at the spa. And even though everyone else thought that I was crazy, I created created my first online nutrition course and proved everybody wrong. Online courses are a way to provide value to an unlimited amount of people at once in a completely passive way, meaning you could be making thousands of dollars and enrolling new students while you're at the spa, which is actually something I do almost every week now. At this point, I've helped over 2,700 entrepreneurs in all different industries, like real estate, hairstyling, makeup, homeschooling, motherhood, interior design, graphic design, human design, astrology, business and marketing, photography, language, social media, and so many others, create profitable, scalable, and passive online courses inside my program, Online Course Academy. To learn more about Online Course Academy, how to choose a profitable topic, how to grow your audience from scratch without ads, and how to start selling your online course passively, I would love to have you come join my free masterclass called How to Make Passive Income with Your Own Online Course. The link to join the masterclass will be in the show notes of this episode and will also be linked in my Instagram bio at Nutrition. Remember, this is a completely free class, so there's literally no risk to join, but the rewards could pay off passively for years to come. See you there. Okay. I just took a break to do this workout. I've been showing it on my Instagram. Um, I had to take a break from podcasting <laughs> because this workout, it's called EMS, Electro Muscle Stimulation. They come over to your house and they like put you in this suit, which gives, it, it does like electromagnetic charges, I'm probably butchering this description, but it kind of like zaps your muscles. So it feels like even if you aren't moving, it feels like your muscles are contracting. So they put on this suit and then they turn up the power, I guess, (laughs) to whatever is kind of like a little bit uncomfortable. And then you do like a Pilates workout while you have this suit on. And so apparently it's like getting a two hour workout done in the span of like 20 minutes. So very highly efficient. I just recorded the whole thing for YouTube. So if you guys are interested, um, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. So you see all the behinds behind the scenes of me doing that workout, but Anyways, back to the 100th episode of the podcast Q&A. Okay, here we go. So, the next question is how do you deal with chargebacks? So, for those of you who didn't who don't know what a chargeback is, which maybe this is really dumb, but before owning a business, I didn't know what a chargeback was. A chargeback is essentially somebody makes a purchase with their credit card and if they decide that they don't like that thing or they the thing that they bought or they they think that, you know, the person who was selling it was lying to them or for whatever reason they want their money back and they can't get a refund they can go to their bank so let's say american express for example and they can say you know this was fraud or this was not as expected and usually the bank will reverse that charge for them so they get their money back and then that takes it basically automatically takes the money back from the merchant so it's really kind of shady um for people who are business owners, like especially in the digital world, like somebody could enroll in your course and decide they don't like it for whatever reason, maybe they have buyer's remorse or whatever, um, and do a chargeback. And although that sounds really scary and it does suck, it has happened to me definitely, it will probably happen to everybody who has a business at some point no matter what you do, it actually happens a lot less than you would think. So don't don't let this scare you at all. Um, But the way that I deal with chargebacks is, number one, I have a custom refund policy with Teachable. So if you set up your course in Teachable, um, you can basically get a custom no refund policy that's what mine is or just any sort of custom refund policy. I personally just don't offer refunds whatsoever. So I make that very clear on the sales page, but I've also gone through the process with Teachable, which essentially means like somebody at Teachable has gone through my course and verified that it is legitimate. It's a good course. It's you know i'm not selling you nothing you know um so if somebody does try and do a chargeback with that custom no refunds policy they cannot be successful at that so they can tell their bank that it's fraud and their bank will reverse it but then I submit a form and then it gets reversed again. So they end up having to pay it, if that makes sense. Um, So I think that works really well. So now um, when I do get a chargeback request, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna submit this form and I know that I'm protected. Um, If you don't have a custom refund policy yet, I would just do your best to be really, really clear on the sales page of your course, of like who this course is not for and who shouldn't purchase this course. I mean, be really clear and make it very clear that like, you know, what I do is I say, if if you're unsure, if you don't want to have an online business, if you're not willing to put in the work, you know, all of these things, um, then don't buy it. Or if you have questions, you can absolutely reach out to me and my team and we will give you the answer before enrolling. And then I'm very clear on the sales page as well that, that we do not offer refunds under any circumstances so to be very sure you're ready to buy before you do it and that really that removes most buyers remorse I mean to be honest whenever somebody I'd say 99% of the time if somebody asks for a refund for your course it's because they have buyers remorse it doesn't really have anything to do with your course so it is hard to not take it personally but it's just kind of the name of the game of selling anything you know Okay, what is something that you wish people would ask you more often? Great question. Honestly, I would say probably just anything unrelated to online courses. Don't get me wrong. I love online courses. I'm obsessed with them. I want to help as many people create profitable online courses as possible. But a lot of times now I've kind of shot myself in the foot because I do talk about online courses so much, like I mentioned before, that when I do a QA, and a that's kind of all anybody really asks me. I mean, I would say 80% of my questions are online course related and I'm kind of like, okay, at this point I have answered every single question you could ever want to know. If you go through my content, like it's in there somewhere, literally everything you would ever want to know about an online course I have answered. Um... So yeah, I would love to kind of talk more about just like my life and wellness and what's going on and just personal things because you guys know I, I love to just keep it real with you in that way. Um, but again, that's kind of my own fault for just not, not – sharing more of that in the first place. Any summer travel plans? Okay, yes, I'm very excited about this. We have a couple trips coming up this summer. And I say we, my husband, Eric and I. Um last summer we went for two months straight to Europe, which was absolutely amazing. I did a whole recap about it um, last year, about everywhere we went, so you can check that out if you're interested. And it was absolutely amazing. I worked for like an hour a day. It was incredible. Um but it was a little bit too long. Like being gone on vacation for two months. At the end, I was so exhausted. I couldn't even really fully enjoy what we were doing because I was so tired from traveling. Um, And don't get me wrong, I know that's like a total first world problem, but it just was exhausting. So this summer we are planning two, I think maybe three separate trips for two weeks at a time. So we'll travel for six weeks total, but we're gonna break them up. So it's like two weeks and then we come home for a month. Two weeks, come home for a month. Two weeks, come home for a month. Um, But we're planning to go to Italy and France. Saint-Tropez. Saint-Tropez is in France too, but I'm just giving you specifics. And then, honestly, I think it's going to be a lot of Italy and France. Like, multiple areas in Italy and France. Those are my two favorite European places. And at this point, after having traveled to tons of different countries, those are my two favorites. So, at this point, I'm like, why reinvent the wheel? I want to go where I know I love and is beautiful and warm and bougie and fabulous. Type of camera you use for content creation. Okay, so for content creation, for YouTube, I use the Sony ZV-1 and I have like the vlogger kit, which basically comes with the camera. It has a little like microphone on top of it. And then it comes with a little handheld um, tripod as well. And that it's super small, fits in my purse. I love it. Absolutely recommend it to anybody. Um, And then for Instagram and TikTok and most other things, I just use my iPhone. Okay, I am new to Online Course Academy. How can I automate my course without doing one-on-ones? Okay, I'm assuming you are not an OCA student yet, um, just by nature of the question, because not doing one-on-ones and how to automate your course, that's what we teach you inside the OCA bundle. So you are definitely in the right place. If you don't wanna do one-on-one clients, you absolutely do not have to. So what you're gonna do instead is create an online course Um, that helps people achieve a specific desirable result. So for example, maybe you used to do one-on-ones to help people get pregnant or with their preconception nutrition or something like that. Now you're just going to turn all of that information that you would have taken a one-on-one client through and you're going to put it into an online course that somebody can go through on their own time, um, you know, as many times as they want in a virtual way that does not require your time. So this is how, and then you're going to sell it. Obviously the passive part comes in with the way that you automate your course sales, which is again, something that I teach, but a webinar, automated email funnel, the combination of those two things, the passive funnel and the online course is the way that you are then able to make passive sales any time of day, any time of night, no matter what you're doing. and that's what i've been doing for the last couple of years and it's amazing i want to help as many people create this kind of sustainable passive income as possible because i know that like it even if somebody doesn't want to have their course be like their full-time job it's like pretty much everybody would love an additional income stream that is mostly passive right so That's kind of my goal. And if you're listening to this and you want help creating your own, um, come join the link in my Instagram bio, check out the show notes of this episode. I've got so many free resources to get you guys started, Um, a free masterclass with a bunch of info on how to choose your course topic. So I'm super super excited to have you, whoever sent in this question, and um, I'm excited for your course. Okay, what to do if somebody else has a course on a similar topic that's your passion as well? I would say congratulations, okay? If you want to create a course on a topic that a ton of people have already done or you feel like you're late to the game, if it's been done before, it means that there's a market for it. It means that there's a lot of people who are interested in that topic. It means that there's a lot of people who want to spend money on that topic. So it's a great thing. It means that whatever you are interested in creating, there is a market for it and is probably going to be super profitable. Um, I think if you want to create a course on something that you've never seen be done before, the chances are that it most likely is not as profitable um, or it just needs like a couple tweaks around it to make it you know, more accessible. Maybe people don't fully understand what you're, what you're teaching and the, just the positioning of it needs to change. So I think you are definitely onto something. I would get excited if that's you. And then the only thing that I would say is just to make sure that you are infusing your own personality, your own vibe, your own story. That's huge into the marketing of your course, because ultimately the thing that's going to set you apart and set your course apart when there's hundreds of thousands of other people doing, you know, teaching the same topic as you the thing that's going to set your course topic apart from the thousands of other people who are teaching the exact same thing is literally you. People are going to be attracted to you the way that you teach your story. I think that's why your story is so important because your story is what resonates with people like, or maybe doesn't resonate with people and they decide to go buy, you know, a similar course from somebody else who has a different a different um, story. So it's really important that you aren't just sharing the content itself, but you're sharing your vibe, your story. Like I've said a million times, like your uniqueness is what makes you special and is what is going to sell your horse and make people want to buy from you how do you feel about the restrict act? Won't it affect online business? So as far as I know, the restrict act is mostly referring to banning TikTok, unless I'm, you know, living under a rock here. But, um, as far as I know, like you guys have probably heard, maybe by the time this comes out, we'll have some answers about this, but it looks pretty bleak for TikTok right now. It seems like, um, this act is going to ban it, ban TikTok in the United States for security reasons. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a bummer for anybody who has built their entire business or platform on TikTok and not built it anywhere else because if that goes away then it's like your whole business essentially goes away. And that's really terrifying for anybody who is solely on TikTok. Um, But as far as I know, it's just referring to TikTok as of right now. So that's really why I'm so passionate about telling you guys to diversify your platforms. I mean, even Instagram. Instagram is my main focus. I actually have more followers on TikTok right now than I do on Instagram. But I'm not worried about it at all because I'm mostly focused on Instagram and I have really diversified my platforms over the years. So I've got my TikTok audience. I've got my Instagram audience. I've got my YouTube audience. I've got my podcast listeners. I've got my email list. Email list is huge. I would say if you are only have one social media platform right now, don't, you know, don't lead with fear thinking that like all of them are going to go away, but I would just let it prompt you to action to start leveraging the audience that you do have wherever it is to start inviting those people to a platform that you own, like your email list. So this is also why a webinar can be so effective, not only in terms of, um, growing your sales and selling your products or courses passively, but Inviting people to something free that you've created, like a free masterclass, is a way for you to capture their emails and then be able to communicate with them for years and years and years in the future, no matter what happens to any social media platform. So highly recommend that. Again, this is something that I teach email list growth and how to do this inside of OCA. Um, But yeah, if you, I mean, if you've built your whole audience on TikTok right now, I mean I would definitely like spend some time <laughs> downloading all those videos to reshare to Instagram. I don't know if this is like bad or an unpopular opinion, but I wouldn't really be upset about TikTok going away. I love TikTok, don't get me wrong, but if we could just like consolidate Instagram and TikTok into one place, it'd be so much less work for all of us, you know what I mean? So just post whatever you were gonna post to TikTok on Instagram and it'll save everyone a huge headache. (laughs) Okay, next question. Was Canva the company that you were going to go to Australia for? Yes. So I mentioned on Instagram, you guys don't miss anything, do you? I mentioned on Instagram that a company, like my dream company reached out to me for a collaboration, um, wanted to send me to Australia and I was super excited about it. And I was still super excited about it. Don't get me wrong. Um, Nothing like, you know, bad really happened, but the tea is that when Canva offered to have me come to Australia, it was for a company event where I think they were announcing some like new features and things like that. Um, And it wasn't going to be paid, which was fine. I mean, I didn't really expect it to be. They just wanted me to come. They also didn't expect me to create any content while I was there, but I what I responded to them was, look, like I've built a huge following around my Canva tips, and so if I'm coming all the way to Australia for Canva, you better believe I'm going to be like insta storing the shit out of this. I'm going to be talking about Canva all the time, so I'm going to be doing essentially a lot of marketing for you. Um, That was number one, and so I don't expect you to pay me for this, but if I'm going to come all the way to Australia and be creating content, probably have to take, you know, a week out of my normal, you know, business life, I would like to request business class flights. Because um, if you've ever flown from LA to, I've actually never been to Australia, but I've been to Bali, which is very close to um, Australia. It's a long flight. It's a long flight um, to not have You know ability to lay all the way flat and go to sleep so that was my request and um they did not approve that so i said you know what thank you for the opportunity but i think i'm going to pass because that is a lot of time and energy and effort that um you know honestly i could just pay for myself to go to australia and and probably make more money doing it that way. <laughs> um, but it was just kind of last minute as well. So anyways, that was a long winded, winded way of saying, yes, it was Canva. I still love Canva. I'm still going to create my Canva tips and it just wasn't a good, a good fit. Um, uh, okay. Next question is the crafting niche good for an online course like knitting, sewing, etc. Okay. I would like it to be put on my gravestone one day that you can create a course from any topic and not just any course, you can create a profitable course from any topic, including knitting, including, yes, everybody who's sitting there listening to this right now, who's like, what about this topic? What about this niche topic? Yes, the answer is yes. So the only thing that you have to figure out is the positioning of the topic. So the way that you position a course topic, meaning like the title or the way that you market it, needs to be in a way so that the person who's reading your sales page feels like, oh my gosh, I need this and I need this right now. I don't want to wait. So having said that, what about knitting and sewing could give you that kind of like oh i need it i need it right now obviously this is going to be targeted to a very niche group of people but maybe they are somebody who wants to learn how to knit something specific like a sweater um I'm, i'm just trying to i don't know much about this niche to be honest so i'm just trying to give you examples here but if you can have it be something specific like what is the outcome you're not just learning how to knit you're learning how to knit um for beginners so that you'll be able to do what and if you if you don't have a clear outcome yet just just keep asking yourself why. Okay, why would somebody want to do that? But why? Why do they want to learn how to, how to knit? Why do they want to learn how to sew? What is the outcome that they are going to be getting? And then position your course that way. So you're learning how to knit a scarf, um, not you're learning how to, I don't know, knit, I guess. Does that make sense? I don't even know if that makes sense. It's been a long day. I'm not really even sure if I'm making sense at this point. But to answer your question, yes, it is a good idea for an online course. And inside Online Course Academy, we obviously help you you know, narrow this down, position it correctly, test it out with your audience so that you know that you're not wasting your time creating something if nobody is going to buy it, okay? Um, Okay, last question, and I love to leave it on a manifestation note. It is, did you always believe in manifestation or was that something that you found after entrepreneurship? So I have always believed in manifestation. I've always done manifestation. I just didn't know that it was a thing. Like I was doing it before I realized what I was really doing. Um, And I can't remember like who I necessarily learned this from, but visualization has always been huge to me. So I was an athlete growing up. I played competitive soccer and I had a coach who used to tell me before games to sit and visualize what was going to happen in the game. And I played forward. I loved scoring goals. I would always like try and be the person that had the most goals every season, very competitive. So before each game, I would take 10 to 15 minutes and visualize shooting the ball and and having the ball go into the net and scoring like multiple times. And I swear to God, it always worked. If I didn't do it, then I didn't score. So it really, that really set me off on this past path of visualization, of visualizing like what I want to happen in my life because I, re- I really believe in it that much. Um, another example of how I kind of manifested but didn't realize what I was doing is with Eric. I've talked about this before on previous podcasts, but... When I was in college, I literally wrote down like the things that I wanted in a partner, like to a T, everything from their personality to what they looked like, um, just very specific things about them, because I wanted to get a clear picture of like who I was calling in. And like I look back at that now and I'm like, literally, this is like it's like I knew Eric, but I didn't back then you know um so i think those are just ways that like you can get a lot of clarity on like what you want in your life and practice like use that mental rehearsal of like practicing something in your mind before it actually happens i feel like in your mind visualization it's almost like this is a, a little bit woo woo but it's almost like another dimension another realm that you have complete control over and if you're seeing it happen there It can absolutely happen in this physical reality if that makes sense um so anyways i'm gonna leave it at that and i appreciate you so much thank you so much for being here a hundred episodes with me obviously if this is the first episode you've ever listened to um, i invite you to go back through the vault and you know enjoy (laughs) the many hours that i've spoken to you um from my microphone and thank you so much if you wouldn't mind leaving a rating and review that would mean so much to me screenshot this and share it on instagram and i can reshare it repost you so more people can reach the show my doggies are starting to bark so i'm going to leave it there and i love you guys thanks so much bye Thank you so much for listening to Wealthy, Worthy and Wild. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, would you do me a huge favor and either share it on your Instagram stories and tag me or leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you were listening to this? It helps us reach more people with this message. I love and appreciate you all so much. And remember, the most effective way to attract your desires is to start showing up as the version of you who already has those things right now. There's nothing standing in your way from feeling those feelings today. Now go have a beautiful rest of your day.